If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. This is your host, Brandon Pham. And with me, a special guest, Raid Prokopovich. How are you doing, Raid? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. Raid Prokopovich. There we go. So, Raid, uh, before we start today's episode, uh, this is the part of the podcast where I ask our guest, which is yourself, to talk about a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you're heading, uh, just to give a proper introduction here. Sure. Um, Well... We're from Sweden. Sozap, uh, Sozap is a Swedish company. Uh, I'm born Swedish. I am Swede. Uh, my parents uh, and uh, grandparents came here from Serbia. Uh, therefore, we also have an office or a connection to Serbia where we do have our second office. Um, prior to Sozap, uh, I was early in e-commerce, um, soul, uh, by soul and entrepreneur. So had one job and then quit that and started my um, online furniture sale company called uh, Furniture Box back in 2004 five. Um, that company today is one of the largest uh, Scandinavian online retailers or retailers of furniture. So um, that's where I started. Um, from there, we uh, went deeper into production and production of furniture. And somewhere along the wrong line, uh, I decided to to follow up on, on a childhood dream or, you know, make video games. You play video games, you sure want to make them. And uh, that set me off uh, starting Sews Up in 2015. It's so, quite a journey, man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my English. I need, I, need, I need a couple of minutes so that the English, the English kicks in uh, properly. That, that was my professional side. The uh, personal side, I'm a father of two beautiful girls, married happily, still. <laughs> and uh, we uh, we reside just outside of Stockholm uh, in a city called uh, Nishaping. This is where we have our office. Um, and uh, I must say, I'm, 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 I'm grateful uh, for my uh, for the journey I made. And I'm grateful that uh, we are where we are today with Soza. So I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm super excited about everything that's that's uh, heading uh, my way. Yeah, and uh, I'm super glad to be be here at your podcast. Of course, man. I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, there's a couple of things there that was quite quite trajectories and turns, uh, especially <laughs> coming from online furniture to to your childhood dream of making games. Like, I I, I gotta suppose that. There were at least some studies before uh, before jumping in. Like, what what were your main strengths about the game development that that made you to really fall into it and and, and build a company from scratch? Well, actually, I had uh, zero to 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 none experience when I headed into e-commerce. First of all, I I, I quit that job. I I found a. Uh, 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 OS Commerce, it was called Open Source Online um, Tool, uh, e-commerce tool. Uh, started with like zero research, zero pre, pre-knowledge or pre, how to say, experience. And the same thing with, with Sozap. I mean, I think it was 2013, I was looking over, I think it was the American company named Blue. I was looking over their portfolio. Uh, I, I do have an understanding about things, even if I'm not a programmer, or had no experience, I saw that, okay, uh, the, the, this level, the games are at this level now, devices are getting stronger, most likely mobile, mobile games are going to follow console games, I mean, sooner or later, and that was the research I did, basically stating that 
phone performance would go up and that eventually what you see on PC, you will see on mobile. And uh, that, that's where, where everything started. The studying of trends, I think it has been one of the, um, the, the most under uh, appreciation, undervalued, at least in the AAA sector. Like you said, the mobile industry, uh, and we have many guests from the mobile industry before on the show. Yeah. The, the way, one key thing that differentiates its, uh, this sub-genre of, of video games, which I feel is like probably one of the strongest arms of the game industry, has been the mobile, and they're very uh statistically driven uh and uh you know risk and reward is 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 often calculated before any anything any steps are taken yeah. so your approach there it sounds very natural that the mobile is at least more more uh, more attractive oh, than the AAA industry right so well was mobile part of that decision that like it just seems more responsible at that stage well this was back in 2013 uh, we don't do games like we did back then just uh, leaping into it but back then it was how i saw it it was simple for me it was like if you look at console games let's say pc you had strong titles you had huge studios making you know fantastic games even back then but when you looked at mobile you couldn't see that what you saw when you were looking, when I was looking at on the mobile sector, you saw much smaller games, simplified games, smaller scope, uh, smaller cognitive load, and I didn't see, I didn't see an opportunity for me, you know, with, without an experience heading heading head to head, let's say with Dice or any of those shooter uh, studios back then. But on mobile, for me, it was open. I mean, when we started developing Arm Heist, you had no, you had no shooters, right? Yeah, you, you had no, you had no shooters. So those kind of shooters, these full blown spaces, they, they didn't exist on mobile. Um, and, and back then, well, we didn't need, um, we didn't need to do any study or statistics or any risk reward. It was just a classical leap, you know. It's so simple. That, that's that's what I saw. It's so simple, but it, it was everything but simple <laughs> once I had it into it. Right. Like the limitations of mobile was kind of like the, it's the classic console limitations of any uh, generation, right? Uh, the exciting thing about uh, mobile has always been its uh, approachability. It, it, it's uh, it's vast. <laughs> Uh, yeah. entry for, for a lot of people because everyone has a phone and yeah. I, I think you're right like around 2013 uh, people always kind of kind of thought yes eventually these phones are going to get stronger every year eventually you know it'll be the ultimate device uh, because it'll match uh, pretty good uh, against the console and PC counterparts to a point where it's like it's great right where it's you know, it's, you can transport around a lot of the things the last few years, I would love to kind of hear your, your thoughts because I, I would also assume that you were still statistically driven in what's the trends are going forward. Right. So the last few years, yeah. the, the streamability of the, you know, stadia kind of crashed and burned a bit. Uh, there's still a lot of hopes in that genre of, of seeing, you know, playing any, any system. I would love to kind of hear your thoughts. I know it's a little apart from so is that, but like, no, no, it's 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 a, it's a it's a it's a good question. I mean, two thousand thirteen, you didn't you didn't have these games. You have them today, right? So we have an audience. I believe that um, the the big big corps, so let's say the big guys. I mean, once once you have the audience, the user, the, they perform. I mean, the, the technology performs if you understand the. What I mean, I mean, we're talking about Stevie or streaming. Your question was about streaming experiences to to any device, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, once you have the users, so now it's proven you, you have these gamers, I mean, mid core, hardcore gamers. They are playing Armed Heist, PUBG, Fortnite, Call of Duty, and so on. So the audience is there. Once the audience is there, you know. Uh, the, the the services will, they are coming. So I do see, I do see in the near future uh, people playing uh, 
via streaming, basically, where, where the device performance uh, is, is, is regardless. As long as you have the, the right connectivity, you will be able to play these games. And that's, uh, that's something we are looking at. And uh, our upcoming shooters, or the game ideas we're working on now, uh, they are all cross-platform. We do not today. We do not make a difference between mobile, PC, or, or the consoles. We see that as, we see that as one experience. Uh, we now only look at the users. And so the controls, the devices. right? The controls and devices is is what differentiates most consoles or where you want to play it, right? From PC to console to, to mobile. So especially shooter, it's one of the biggest challenges to kind of like either touch sensitive or basically not rely on accessories. Um, Switch kind of came at a funny time, right? It introduced like, like side control, which was revolutionary. And then you start seeing mobile games like, or mobile devices kind of having its own accessories. Like, yeah, maybe this is a way to kind of use your mobile device. So what, what kind of uh, thoughts and research towards that that you guys saw, um, if there's anything? Well, yeah, well, well, well we uh, we do see we do see that issue. I mean, if you're playing a, a player versus player PvP experience, if, if somebody just has a phone and the other counterpart, let's say, has a keyboard and a you know and that setup, uh, that's going to be, be difficult, right? Uh, so how we see it is first of all, we 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 try to to discuss as on Heist is a co-op multiplayer game. So we're playing together against against the game. Uh, we try to, to spin around that because then, then, then you don't have that issue. But then, of course, every shooter, even on heist, is going to get player versus player. So, so you have that, uh, you have that uh, issue. Uh, even if a mobile player has just a mobile and the other player has uh, the, what you call the control uh, on the mobile, it will be uh, an uneven experience. So, yeah. But I think that, I mean, if you have the users... Uh, if you have a, a good system of, if you have enough users and you have a good system of seg- segmenting them, but uh, via ELO rating or in some some player rating, uh, you will uh, you will avoid some of the issues. But yeah, it's it's, it's a question. It's a question, I and mean, it's a, it, it doesn't have a solution. There's a solution today, if we're talking about player versus player. Generally, there's so many challenges, right? With with uh with players and the late changing landscape. Um, I, I think the last couple of years, especially with the, the pandemic, right? Pushing certain, well, I mean, for the game industry overall, we saw a hike in pretty much all the sectors. Um, what I guess the only thing that I didn't hear too much is like with AAA, there was, uh, I think over across the board, there was a lot of um, adjustments, right? To, to, to kind of work remotely. Even though everyone's celebrating, yeah, this we usually do work faster. But the reality was, at least worth the, working with with friends and, and people, there was a general challenge of of just uh, being connected. And and these are just regular people that are not used to being outside the office. And it's like a certain yeah. attitude, at least in the AAA sector. I guess my my question is uh, the mobile side, like you know, through your network, uh, through Sozap, uh, you know. What what did you guys have challenges working remotely? Did you guys have any of that that you didn't see, or was it just easier for mobile folks to kind of trans? No, there's no difference. I mean, if if we're talking about maintaining a project, let's say Armed Heist, maintaining and further developing it, I think remote work is easier because you you know the game. Everybody is is uh, warmed up, right? And the tasks are created, and, and the, uh, and the uh, functionalities decided, and so on. And then the old team, uh, I, I've I've seen zero to none uh, uh, drop in, in performance, let's say, in development time or development quality, and so on. However, I do see an issue if if you ask me to develop a new game, like to starting up a new game and doing that uh, remotely, like the team is is working from home. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't like that setup, and uh, I would not premiere that setup um, because I believe that games, even if they're structured and uh, documentation, what what has to be done and so on, especially during the first production phase, uh, 
I think a lot of the stuff that makes the game great comes in between the lines, how I would say, in between the code, right? It, it, it comes from, from ideas, interactions over the lunch, uh, uh, over the coffee break, or just in another dialogue. That, that's where you, you discuss the game, the ideas of the documentation, of what, what's already been scoped out. So if you remove that, we, we at least don't have that experience when we work remotely. If you remove that, I, I believe you will get uh, 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 not as the game will not be as great as it could be. Right, definitely. Um, so 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 I, I, I again, we, we, we worked remotely and uh, we, we how you call it, we shuffled shuffled people so we had half, half the guys staying at home. Uh, every other day, you know, so we wouldn't be that many people in the office. Uh, but but now we signed a new office, which is bigger, uh, a bigger space. Uh, and as it as it looks, the pandemic is is getting um, uh, it's quieting passing. down a little. Yeah, yeah, it's quieting down. Uh, but I do believe creating games, uh, creating a product, any product actually. It's about the people. It's about the people that that uh, work together, that laugh together, that uh, you know, uh, even cry together. But you know, have the, have these really tight relationships, and and I see that difficult uh, via uh, Zoom or any other video um, conference call. I don't right. think it's the same emotion. It's like we are having this call now, right? For me, it's really difficult to you know just to relax because. For one, I can't see you. For two, if I see you, you're remote, right? If we would sit next to each other, we, we would be able to, to, to see each other's body language, uh, see the other person's reaction, you know, uh, where you would be promoting me to talk about more about this and that. That, that will be in the air, if you understand how I see it. It's a creative no, process. I totally get you, man. Like the engagement is is at this point irreplaceable. I know like there's a lot of hype with AR and potentially like people uh, seeing digital versions, like if you put on goggles and stuff, but that's, that's, that's a few years away uh, until we get to that point. But I, I get you when it comes to collaboration creatively, I, I the, especially in the brainstorming session of a, of a game cycle, it's very important to kind of have that, ability to kind of sit across from someone and, and just bounce ideas off each other. There is kind of like a coldness when it becomes uh, virtual only where it, it really is becoming the focus of it's just about work. Right. And um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's different. It is different. I mean, as a CEO of a company that shows up now where we're, we're 30, 30 uh, men and women strong now, uh, we have half the, half, half the people in Serbia, in the Serbian office, right? And I speak to them more or less daily, right? But it's when I actually go down and I'm increasing that because of the COVID situation, I've not been able to do that for the, this past time. But now I'm slowly increasing uh, my uh, physical visits to Serbia because I don't know. I mean, when you talk about something, when somebody has an idea, if 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 or does something, if it does something good or, or does something, let's say not so good, if you are there, I mean the physical presence or the physical contact, even if like, hey, great job, and I you know tap you on the shoulder naturally, or you know just human interaction, it it, it I believe it feeds us with energy. It feeds us with energy to perform better or to. Or to or, or or to you know um, uh, go over those hurdles together. Like if there's 20 people in the office and we have an issue, it's 20 people in the office, you know, assisting each other in getting over that hurdle, whatever it may be, right? But if everybody's working remotely, you know, it, it, for me, it's a sad it's a sad vision. You know, uh, people remotely in front of their their screens trying to produce a product, create a product. I, I don't see that. I would be terrified if that would be our future. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I'm still on the fence with things because um, 
I can see both ways, right? A, a lot of companies right now, you know, you know, we see it with Apple, we see it with Google, we see a lot of these companies kind of backstepping on like a remote forever, right? And at the same time, they're like, we'll see you back in the office September and special case only if if you want to. Uh, and there's like a huge resistance with a lot of employees saying that they'd rather quit than and do something else. So we're seeing like this kind of like struggle of what's, correct and what's not and i think the truth is always in between last year we did we dedicated a few episodes towards like is remote working all it is uh what it, uh what it was supposed to be right but the the finding was pretty pretty clear like uh, a lot of companies were struggling with it. Uh, it wasn't all uh, roses, right? There was a lot of challenges. Um, the connection, like you mentioned, it was a key factor of, of it not working. Uh, and uh, I think overall, I I think overall people, game developers like to think of themselves as completely self-sufficient and always get the work done. But I think the large percentage of us are pretty lazy. And that accountability, I only think certain individuals can really do that. And it's from practice of freelancing or doing side work or side hustling or, or started their own business before so they can self-manage. I don't think a lot of people have that skill set to completely do it full time at home just yet. It takes time, right? And the pandemic yeah, did well, not help. Of- yeah. No, I mean, if, if, if you look at the game, if, if, if somebody can do it, Game developers can. My, my colleagues, all the people that sews up, I mean, they're here because they love what they do, right? So I would say that for many, for many of them, it, it works. Uh, in shifts, it might even be good. You know, let's say working at home for one week of four or one week of six or when you have your tasks you, you, and we, we, when we know what we have to do, let's say a coming period, then I see, I see it as, as, as refreshing, but I, I, I do believe that, I mean, I don't companies like Google or Apple, they're so big that I can't even imagine how they keep their culture or, or, you know, how, how they keep these things alive. Most likely they have a whole department just dedicated for this. But at Soza, and for me especially, I, as a CEO, wouldn't want to run a company, even if it's, I don't know, profitable. Um, I, I, I don't want to run it without the human interaction. But that's basically my stance. I mean, I don't want to yeah. run a company, even if everybody performs, even if, you know, everybody does their tasks and we, you know, the results and everything is there. Personally, I wouldn't enjoy uh, being CEO of such a company. Human yeah. Direction, right. Especially today and in the future, I think it's, it's um, something to strive for. Uh, but again, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Sweden we'll for Sweden, uh, I know a lot of companies uh, have uh, have struggled with keeping the performance up, and people are away, as you said. Not all of us, and many of us are uh, not able to self manage. Um, but I, I, I do. I, I don't. I don't see. I don't see this lasting more than the pandemic. If you ask me, as soon as the pandemic is under control fully, I think. Uh, 90% of the companies more will go back to how it was prior. I agree. I, I think I'm already seeing that with a lot of the tech companies. Uh, they're reversing their stance. I I like to see... I like to think it's the truth is always in the middle, right? We obviously have one where the employees like to stay at home and then the other side you you got uh, like yourself, right? Who, who, who see the benefit of being in the office and, uh, uh, I've seen both arguments uh, being pretty much correct because um, yeah, I mean, some, some companies can say, yeah, we were super efficient, this and that, but even then (laughs) uh, collaboration is so key in a lot of these creative ventures that I I don't see a a replacement for that just yet. And like you said, it would probably be a hybrid approach with uh, Sozap going back to that. Right. um, You've kind of like, started this company uh from from just surveying where the industry was heading um 
And uh, I mean, it came all true in in huge folds <laughs> with with shooters, especially the last few years, being huge on mobile, um, and and continuing to be that way. And especially with younger generation, it seems like the the phone is probably their first console, and and most likely they're going to stick to that as their only console. Um, even then, uh, I, I, didn't, I don't think it's the, the demise of consoles per se. You know, the PS5, the Xbox, all sold out still, even when yeah. economically the world was still seeing a disaster, but it still sold out. People were still being able to, to afford those machines. So if anything, it, it looks like the industry had this tremendous growth over the pandemic. Uh, people who got introduced to games early on are, 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 are in, uh, are discovering you know more more hardcore games or games that are uh more time intensive i would say uh so the the growth of it and everything is i would like to ask is it the expectation that you saw before like where where is it heading from here on out for the next five years you feel uh with the onslaught of um vr becoming more popular you know apple's it's rumor AR yeah. features are coming out too. Like yeah. a lot of these things are happening. To put to put uh, to, to add some more history. I mean, when 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 I got the idea to start Sozap and when we got the first team, I mean, it was only nine, ten. I mean, if you count the outsourcing that was done with our guys, it was 10, 10 men on that game. So we had this great tech. We saw we saw the future. We were right about the future. We had this great game idea. We 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 had everything except the resources. I mean, 10, 10 guys made that game. So what I've learned from that is first of all, you need you need to build, you need to have the studio, right? And Sozap as a studio is now starting to to let's say uh, get one man on, on each part of the deck. If, if we say so. So uh, that's the first thing. And, and most of us know each other uh, and we've done armed heist. So we're, we're uh, warmed up. When I look at the future, uh, I do see two things. I do believe I, I, I see two things. One being that software is getting more and more, uh, how to say, the toolbox is more and more complete. I mean, you saw that on real MetaHuman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do see that what what needed 200 uh, people, uh, a project that needed 200 people two years ago, three years ago, right? I do believe it's going to need less and less people as we go forward. I mean, I, I believe Unreal and Unity, uh, they're buying up different uh, services. And I do believe that, you know, in five years from now, most likely it will be easier for smaller studios to 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 uh, engage in these uh, uh, how to say larger titles let's say battle royale 100 people networking you know creating characters creating those terrains and assets all of that so i do see a future where smaller studios if they are creative enough can uh, can compete for the top um, for the top experience for the users. At the same time, I do believe that the future will be uh, people have people will not have a PlayStation or an Xbox or a PC. People have their input device, like a control. For, for example, the, the PS5 controls now are awesome with all this haptical feedback and stuff. So I do see that in the future you you're going to buy your your input device your hand handheld control and uh, that's going to be what you have uh, and then when you when you play you you play on any any screen uh, via your control the control you like the control you chose uh, that that's what i see so uh, i see a cross cross platform cross device future uh, that is what I see, uh, along with, as I said, Unreal and Unity, all the other engines getting more and more pre-stuffed pre with functionality and tools, uh, which, which makes for an exciting future. I mean, what if, 
what if what if a 50 man studio could make GTA 5 experiences let's say in 5 to 10 years from now yeah i, I think uh, you you're absolutely correct man like the tools are enabling smaller teams uh to repeat what larger teams used to do like 5 years ago right so it, it that is certainly the trend where the tools are just getting rid of the uh the, the 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 boring labor that most game, de- game developers never wanted to do beforehand, right? So it gives yeah, it opens it up. It's either outsource or it's being fixed with these tools, and just yeah. allowing us to be creatives again. And um, like you said, the the uh, Fortnite was a big thing for industry in many ways, but the most important thing it did was it force crossplay uh you know and i think between that and warzone like the shooters of course leading the way again on a lot of these uh innovations that was huge you know for the longest time when at least you know when we were growing up <laughs> xbox playing against playstation players was was never never a thing you know they're competing products and they're allowing their player base to play with each other on a single game uh, and now it's becoming so standard now now it becomes weird it's like why why can't i play with everyone that plays this yeah. game uh so that was a huge uh a step towards a future that you're you're kind of talking about where input devices are kind of like your choice but the content is just free for everyone not free but like just for anyone to play who wants it's to accessible play. It's, it's, yeah. it's accessible i mean if i don't know again i'm not, I'm not a developer and I, i'm for sure not as as uh, technically, I don't have that understanding that my colleague and, and CTO and family partner, Christopher Blumen has. But, but I like that I don't have that because that that, that makes me think um, a bit naive and outside of the box, if, if you understand what I mean. Uh, I mean, I, I, would love, I would love for our next shooter to be accessible through a browser. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. You, you, you go let's play let's play a session right you, you enter the computer you open a browser I would love for our, our, our next shooter to be um, so, as you say cross platform and, and the same experience on all devices I think the only the only uh, obstacle that, that but it's going to be solved it, it is the, the input devices like if I have this carbon fiber handheld control that feels my you know what I'm thinking so if I think shoot it shoots right if I, I have that control and you're on a mobile for sure it's going to be uh, an unfair advantage that I have right but but all these things I mean if you look at some of the mobile games today that are free to play. Uh, they have this, how to say, capped, capped experience. Uh, I, I like to play um, some games, and then if I, and most of the free-to-play games are, you know, pay-to-win in some way. But many of them have these tournaments or events where where people's uh, equipment um, and what they have inside the game is capped to a certain level, right? To to level the playing field, and for sure, I mean, uh, you're, you're going to see most likely the same same type of solutions coming up for somebody on mobile uh, playing somebody on a PC or, or what that may be. But, but the most important thing uh, I would like to say is like people are, people like to be entertained. And digital entertainment and in, in the video games, uh, I do see, I do see them, you know, HBO, Netflix, Prime, all of these things that we stream, we stream, TV series or movies, I mean, games are going to go the same way. You're going to be able to access access what you want wherever you want. Uh, that's 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 for sure. If you yeah, it has to be. Yeah, and I think um, I think like what you said um, with, with games uh, being more accessible. The biggest problems with games right now, and we see this with the AAA and and mobile, kind of had this issue too, where downloading sizes have to be kept at the limit, right? Right now, AAA is kind of kind of bonkers, where Warzone's like 200 gigs, <laughs> or or uh, uh, you know, with Unreal Five, it looks amazing. It can do amazing things, and the demo for for you know the little test thing that it it allows you to download, it's 100 gigs. It's it's like a 15 minute demo, right? So that that direction of like bigger games are better uh 
our hard drives are, are, are taking a beating where it is becoming a limitation. And I don't think as a gamer, I appreciate like half my hard drive being taken up by one game. And it is a problem that is growing where streaming seems to be very attractive because I just want it to be kept off my computer and play and not have to worry about installing things or waiting, uh, especially like for mobile too, you know, you guys are not kept at a, at a certain uh, launch size. Right. Uh, that's really restricting on what you can create. Um and it just all points either to someone revolutionizing a compression technology that where downloading size don't matter, or most likely the streamability of content where uh, it just frees up space on, on whatever device that you're, you're launching it from. Uh, it has yeah, to happen. I mean, yeah. in, in, in relevance to that, uh, uh, we have uh, one, one uh, functionality of, of our game on Heist uh, being developed at the moment is... Um, is uh, to, to to lower the size of uh, of the of the of the game, right? Uh, if you look at let's say um, uh, Fortnite, I think it's just two three hundred megabytes or something when you download it to the phone, and then it right. downloads the content for, from it in the game. And for us, it's quite interesting. I mean, we don't have that. Our game is like two gigs or something three. Uh, and for me, as a I'm a I'm a business guy also, it's gonna be. I just want to see the difference, right? Right. So how, how, how was the views in the App Store versus downloads prior and post us uh, uh, moving to, to the same solution as, as the big guys? So uh, where, where the client is small, you can download it quickly, uh, even play uh, the first uh, sessions. And then if you like it, you know, download each portion of the game as you go. Uh, for sure, uh, it's going to improve our KPIs. And, you know, just by stating that, just by stating that, and my belief that, you know, today people have a couple of games they play, right? You don't only play one game. You have a couple of games you play. So if one of those games was, as you say, streamable, it didn't take up anything in the hard drive. You know, you access it everywhere, and, and, and it's super smooth. For sure, it's going to have an, an advantage towards other games you're playing, right? Yeah. And, and that that per se... That, that forces everybody to move in that direction. It's like, you know, uh, one of my uh, investors told me, like, uh, the McDonald's already has a fully functioning automated uh, uh, burger restaurant, right? right? They have had it for, like, many years. And everything is better. Like, it's hermetically sealed. And, you know, everything is, everything is just better. So once, let's say, McDonald's launches that or whoever launches that, that's then that becomes the only way it's more efficient everybody needs to follow same thing goes for 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 our industry with the games you know when somebody comes up with a more efficient uh, solution for sure uh we, we all will follow uh that's our nature as entrepreneurs as game developers and so on we we, we want to be effective at least at, at Soza, that's that's in everybody's dna yeah, the efficiency on both sides, right? As a gamer, they're impatient. As game developers, we're impatient. Uh, we want to build things and, and not have to be uh, wrestling with the tools and, and, and anything that stops us from getting our idea across from from from, from our brains to 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 actual code, right? Um, yeah. I think it's a, it's it's heading to that point where the wait time is is starting to be uh, <laughs> behind us, right? It is an interesting time where streaming, I think, a few years, even a few years ago was kind of like frowned upon. You know, we kind of remember the famous Xbox One incident where it's like, oh, it's always on. It's always online connectivity, right? And we, we, that caused a whole stir around this. It's just like, oh, they're all big brothers watching and stuff. But now it's like, yeah, it has to be on. It's like, what can you, what can you use computers? Uh, using your computer, I, I think anybody can relate, right? When you use a computer and you don't have internet access, it becomes this like <laughs> useless yeah, brick. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't why, what I'm going to even do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, uh, that's also... Yeah. That's also part of, um, that's how I try to view our future. I'm trying to see like what, as you said, a couple of years ago, oh, oh I'm connected. Somebody's listening or whatever. 
And today it's like, I'm not connected. What can I do with this piece of, of technology? Nothing, right? It's useless for me. So you see those, um, you see those, and it's for me, at least my understanding, it's going really quick. Like people are accepting things quite oh, fast, yeah. faster. Especially the last year. Yeah. Last year speed everything up, I think. Yeah, so so I mean, if if if, uh, if I look at Sozap and then I look at what we're gonna do, I mean, I see a super exciting future. As I said in the beginning of this interview, I mean, for us, I see like okay, with it on highs, we were nine men, we had barely resources, right? Now we're a listed company. We have this game that every update we do is improving the KPIs. And I can just, you know, I, I, we are just getting more and more energized because we see that the future is ours. And when I say ours, smaller creative studios that really want to, to you know, to perform, they want to create a product, they want to they create something. Um, and, 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 and that's why, uh, I don't know if you saw our, some things on our website, but we actually, our, uh, how do you say, slogan or, or our, yeah, slogan. That's what you say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, we say creatively together strong. Uh, that comes from Planet of the Apes. Apes together strong. <laughs> so I do believe in a in a creative future because I mean, if you look at things, you have AI. I mean, if you look at Photoshop, I don't know if, if you use those tools, but I use Photoshop mm-hmm. sometimes. I mean, now you have this connected AI online. You know, mark you tools, uh, uh, different different things that needed human action are now being automated right so the question is what's left right then and for me the future is creative it's it's only creative uh, yeah. because there is profit to be made in automating stuff and that's what a lot of corporations are going to do smaller corporations or smaller studios like soza we th- that that gives us more and more space to be more and more creative like we need to be creative uh, entertainment is creative. I mean, just listen to to. I mean, all the music we listen to is is creative, right? Right. That's why I, I'm always interested in the mobile industry because I, I feel a lot of ways uh, in the last decade, uh, the mobile games have kind of led a lot of the change for how the business of games work. Um, you know, the loot, the the boxes, all the subscription or free to play stuff that came from the mobile industry. And now AAA are, are adapting oh. that because they are like, Oh yeah, it'd be nice to kind of be profitable every three months and not just uh, right after release. Yeah. Right. You know, Fortnite yeah. gave uh, is, is embedded with mobile business DNA. That's how Fortnite became Fortnite. It wasn't, it was originally set to be like a $50 game release. Right. And they changed um, because they, they were in the middle of that landscape change. And so, like you said, how mobile is kind of leading the charge. um, It's always interesting to kind of see what, what you guys over there are doing and as well, what's next to kind of uh, set the, the pace of for, for the rest of the industry. And um, this last year kind of kind of helped with with <laughs> with people being more connected now. Uh, and like you said, strength in, in lower numbers seems to be the trend for everything. Uh, it's not about it's unsustainable. First of all, AAA kept going in this direction where bigger, uh, more expensive and stuff. And that was unsustainable. And only recently we're starting to see the shift to like efficient strike teams um and then looking at other ways to kind of uh you know uh strengthen the bottom line basically well when i look at that you know free uh free to play i mean uh free to access and download then then you would pay for a deeper experience right uh fortnite call of duty with the player passes for sure i do see uh uh, purity coming in into the free to play. I mean, if you have if you have a great product, if if you have a game with retention, right? If you have retention, that's a driving factor to give it away. Like if right. you have a game that you know that has strong retaining KPIs, then 
for sure, it's more profitable to, to, to distribute it freely, right? And then offer um, clear and, and simplified uh, ways to monetize as season pass um, is. It's a clear clear way for people to make a decision, right? Do I want to, to buy this? And you buy that and you're good, right? Uh, and I, uh, today, if you ask me, like if you would charge money for a game today, it means that you haven't uh, made a good, good product, good enough game. You know, you, you know what I mean. I mean, no, I, I totally understand. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like if you make something, if you make something, you'd be like, ah, shit. Okay, <laughs> then you'd be like, okay, let's let's charge them fifty dollars for for this title because it's really fun. It's really cool for for two days, right, or for one week. Uh, but but if you see that you have a long, strong retention, virality, K factor, good KPIs. Then for sure, it's more profitable to give it away. For us, definitely, definitely, it's like uh, so it, put, it puts pressure. It puts pressure. It puts pressure. Free to play. Sorry, but free to play. Uh, sometimes people look at it like a, as an evil tool, right? If you remember that Smurf game on mobile, where kids mm-hmm. were buying these red berries, uh, ruining their parents' economy. Um, yeah. I remember that back 2010, 11, 12. But but today when I look at it, for me, if you want to give something away for free, that that and then profit on, on the people that you know really enjoy it and want a deeper experience, then for sure it needs to be a great product, right? Because if you give give away a shitty product, well, yeah, everyone won't play it again. It and they're gonna they're not gonna play it again. So free to play is actually driving uh, driving at least us to create better experiences. Sure. Yeah, maybe there's a bad yeah. comparison. It's like it's, it's drug sells itself. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, the experience. No, the, the, the right word was the right thing to say is a good experience markets itself. Right, it sells right. itself. Uh, I play. Uh, I play on ties, but I do play Fortnite when I play with my nephews, and I do play PUBG when I play with with uh, with my 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 friends, right? And I have yeah. an economy, so I could pay technically for any title, right? Um, but I, when you do play these games, you do you do see for me at least it's like, okay, how could you how could you even well we're, we're doing that basically play you're, you're buying Facebook marketing, right? Yeah. You're buying. Facebook marketing or, or, or Google Ads, any marketing, where you're saying, hey, download this game for free, user acquisition. That, 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 that's a big thing in the mobile industry. So we're actually paying people to download our game, if you know, if you understand what I mean. We're, yeah, yeah. we're giving away money to say to people, hey, download this game. Right? So that's our incentive. Our incentive to make great games and then profitable games Start by us paying our users to download them. That, that's what we're doing, technically. We're right. paying them because they're using Facebook for free, right? Facebook's not charging them because they're using Facebook. They're charging us. So we're giving our users money to download our game. Technically, I mean, hypothetically speaking. Uh, and then if we make a good enough experience, a great enough experience, some of them will, will become monetizing users, right? And we would have a positive uh, positive uh, cash flow on our game. So the whole free-to-play is just creating a higher focus on, our, on us game developers to create even better experiences. Better products. Yeah, so what, what would you say is next? Free-to-play was, of course last five seven years a big thing still a big thing um yeah. more and more bigger games or games overall who believe in their product are, are kind of using it as a way as like let's get users to try it and remove as much bar- as many barriers as possible to get them to try it because we know once they play it they'll stick around and and it's addictive right um yeah. what is the next big thing that you feel is going to Either it's the lineage of free to play or something else that needs to be done uh, for more engagement. Is there something happening in the mobile space right now that's kind of different than free to play that that uh, is changing well, that landscape a bit? Well, no. Well, you have these streaming services. You have Apple Arcade, right. Google Play Pass, right? You, you you're being charged a monthly fee, and then you access this 
catalog of games. With your library of games, no ads, no monetization, uh, just a pure experience. Um, Netflix, basically. That, that's one. Yeah, yeah, basically, and that's one thing. That's one thing, and, and for sure, it's going to work. Uh, it's going to need more time, but but it's working, and it's it's going to work. Uh, but what I see is, uh, and then you have, if that's the business model, distribution model, right? Then you have these games that have user created content. Minecraft being one right. more famous of them, right? And then you have this uh, last one. Uh, was it Roblox? Yeah, well, you have Roblox. My my kids play Roblox. Uh, you have these games, so I do see a combination in, in some way to try to engage engage the users even more. For example, if you look at Fortnite, and every time they come up with a season, sometimes they have this Star Wars Star Wars collaboration, you know, where they have something else. I do see maybe even in some way getting the users to vote or to affect upcoming seasonal updates. Mm-hmm. I mean, Minecraft, you build the world, right? The whole game is on user-created content. But, but let's say game game like Fortnite, right? Um, that that's not uh, those those kind of engagements I do see. Um, I saw actually one mobile game uh, that it was the first time actually I saw it. I think it was tennis tennis clash. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a collaboration with Gucci, the fashion brand. It's mm-hmm. pretty. So uh, yeah, it, it was. I didn't fully. I still don't comprehend. You know the collaboration what it gives to the users if those users are familiar with the brand i can't really see that but i do what i do see is i see cross-platform i do see cross-collaboration uh in a deeper way right in sweden we have uh, we have this studio um uh hazelight i think it's called hazelight right yeah. uh, with this uh, movie movie director uh, that uh, that uh, made, I think one, two, three, three great games, right? Uh, now that that guy started the studio song, but what I want to say is, I do see collaborations. I mean, why wouldn't Quentin Tarantino host a season on, let's say, Fortnite? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just to say something abstract, like those kind of things, uh, I do see. Uh, um, uh, your original question was if I see any other way of monetizing uh, um, uh, in the future. Um, no, it's going to be free to download and, and, and a deeper experience, like season pass or something, or access. Let's say, let's say Quentin Tarantino is you know guest season or, or, or some event in a game uh, that could be uh, paid to access. Yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Like there's like there was some experimentation last year or the year before with um, with how Netflix kind of like choose your own adventure type of shows. Right. It kind of had an interactive feel to it. I also see, you know, with Disney owning everything where we're 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 the medium, the game medium is kind of being finally acknowledged where uh we're like before they used to like whenever they put a movie they put a game and all this stuff but i think there's going to be more cross uh collaboration with story where you can experience something and then for like a big big segment i think matrix a long time ago matrix tried to do something like that they had the movie and then they had matrix online right it was just too early for its time but i feel like a lot of that those ideas are coming back where if you're enjoying the game you know complete the story by watching this movie and then you can fill in the gap by reading this book or something like or comics or something um i, I think more mediums are starting to kind of uh meld together where game is becoming a, a good focus on how these consumers are staying engaged with the the license basically yeah yeah i, I want to add something there i mean we're, i don't know if we're off topic but it's it's a it's a nice dialogue uh i mean i do see i do see a future where uh like remember or still like linear games you know if, if right. you look at um if you look at candy crush it's a linear game, right? 
But if you replay a level, the candies are not going to be the same, right? There's going to be a difference. Mm-hmm. The, the, the framework is the same. It's level 17. But the outcome uh, for every session is going to differ. So what, what I see, now we're talking a, a bit more like creatively, mm-hmm. what, what I see is uh, I see these linear games having machine machine learning, AI, changing and tweaking, uh, adapting. So every time, let's say Super Mario, you're playing level five, you know, you know how it goes. But imagine if it was interacting with you. It would be like a Pixar movie. Uh, sorry, my camera is... Oh, yeah. no worries. It would, be, it would be like a Pixar movie, let's say Ice Age, where every time you watch it, it's some camera angles are different. Some of the dialogue, the, the, the narrative is the same, but 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 it still differs. Do you, do you understand? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like it's like procedurally yeah, driven or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that's something that would be cool in, in in any game in any form. Like if you play if you play Fortnite on one season for that season, the the, the schematics of of the of the map are the same, right? The buildings are at the same place and everything like that. I, I, I do believe there's space for that procedural um, uh, changing the experience every time. Not not so much that you don't recognize it, just that much that you feel that it's a it's a um, fresh fresh experience. Yeah, I, I totally. Yeah. I mean, when you play when you play those games, the, the guns don't drop at the same place, right? They, 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 it differs a little, so you have that in some contexts. But even more of that would be would be something that I, I believe the users would enjoy. Definitely, I think um, movies kind of experiment with that, where they played with different perspectives, but it's like the same event. You know, you have different characters yeah. experience the same event, but like from different angles. Games are, are where not quite there yet. You know, open world games, sure, you have a player input, but you know, there's usually a goal that everyone gets, and basically, people can YouTube it and it's the same experience, sort of, right? But if there was a way where unique to the player, gender, age, or whatever, right? Just players, um, uh, a way of playing somehow changes the outcome. Uh, I, I think we saw like little dribbles of that, you know, like Mass Effect, but it's very controlled, right? You know, like dialogue trees and all this. It's all telling the same story at the end. But now with the computing power, the ability, hopefully, to stream this this stuff, uh, uh, tools are getting stronger. Uh, creatively, we're more open to kind of create scenarios, right? I think there's a, a lot of opportunity there. Uh, where where game developers can just have fun with it and and really create a, a truly diverse experience for one uh for each game player right so uh there's a lot to it and then you add that with all the different mediums and ability to kind of work with each other i think it'd be pretty exciting um I think it's probably going to be but Disney the, the, since they own the most. <laughs> the, the, the future is exciting. As again, I said in the beginning, I mean, I, I can't wait to, to see tomorrow. You know, uh, I live today and then when I go to sleep, I, you know, I just want to see tomorrow uh, for yeah. us. Again, so for me, uh, I have these thoughts and great ideas, but they are confined by, by the company, the space and the resources we have. Uh, but I do see us, uh, I do see us getting even, I mean, as create, we are creative. Now we're getting the resources that we need in terms of, you know, manpower, experience, knowledge. And uh, I, I, again, I, I, I can't wait. Hopefully it will be us, but maybe somebody else. I can't wait for the next Fortnite. I mean, how Fortnite impacted the mm-hmm. um, the shooter genre, or well, actually, it was PUBG with the blue circle, but hey, of course, who's counting? Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> who's I'm pretty counting? sure PUBG guys are counting, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's something, I mean, that's something interesting. I mean, you know how long time it takes to make a game like PUBG? It's a lot of, it's a lot of manpower, it's a lot yep. of code, right? 
Yeah. And then you have this blue circle that maybe takes, what, two days mm-hmm. to implement? Like, they create this open world. Hey, everybody's shooting at each other. And then somebody says, why don't we try a blue circle, right? Mm-hmm. That gets smaller and smaller. And I mean, that's something that takes a couple of hours or a couple of days. And it's a complete game changer. Yeah. That circle was a complete game changer. I mean... Those those happenings or uh, those events, those are epic. And for course, as this is the source of, I'm trying to, or we're trying always to to find what would be that two three lines of code that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. That, that's the treasure that we always try to sniff out. Yeah, and. Um, um, Amazing! It's it's amazing how 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 uh, how something like that can 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 have such an impact. Yeah, I, I always equate to um, any type of creators, but specifically game developers. Uh, things are always best with limitations. Um, uh, I think with creatives, it's dangerous. The opposite is true, right? where we have complete creative freedom to do whatever we want with no matter, you know, the, the horsepower to do what we need. Uh, I think, uh, I think that that always uh, ends up with a product that, that just is kind of like the rest of the mill. So I think the future, like we discussed has always been smaller teams with limitations and like the circle, right? That's what it is. It's just a limitation and just packing people uh, so that they have to, interact and um i think that that has always been at least my favorite games uh have always been like what is that little box that you have to play between you know uh because the fundamentals of a game is that makes it fun are the rules right so whatever rules is 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 the 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 fundamentals of the game that makes things exciting really yeah Yeah, and, and 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 the limitations and the limitations, uh, well, I don't know if Fortnite had any limitations, but if you look at, let's say, the graphics, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the graphics in Fortnite, they, they were absolutely not pushing the boundaries. If you look a couple of years back, uh, Battlefield, for example, it was always the latest right. um, NVIDIA Realistic. card, right? It's it, it, uh, uh, RTL, like real time. Everything, everything was just pushing, pushing, and had to be, con- they were connected with the hardware. So, so, so. so so much that, that, you know, that was what we were waiting for. If you think, at least I was like, okay, the next Battlefield, I know what the game is. Yeah. I just want to see how they push the, the, the tech, graphics, technology, yeah. the graphics, right? The experience. Uh, and today we see the opposite. I at least am seeing the opposite, where, where games are not pushing those boundaries uh, and still outperforming. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I think Nintendo had always the last laugh. <laughs> Everyone always made yeah. fun of Nintendo, but they figured it out. It's like, hey, it's not about the hardware. It's about the content. Oh, and uh, the they've always, yeah, the experience. And they're still number one in terms of just the best type of games, really. Um, but, uh, uh, Ray, you made it to an hour. I want to thank you yeah. for your time. Uh, this is the, the time where I actually shut up and allow you to kind of promote, give a shout out to, to anything that you want to talk about to our listeners out there, where to go uh, if they want to interact with you guys. Well, uh, as a CEO of, uh, of a listed company, uh, I'm going to focus on, on, on SOZAP and, and uh, why somebody would, uh, would uh, invest in what we do. If that's okay, of course. Uh, as we talked about it uh, in this uh, podcast, I do see a future where software uh, is going to be more and more uh, uh, tooled up. Uh, a future where smaller studios are going to be able to perform uh, as the bigger ones have. At the same time, as we just said, uh, it's not about pushing the hardware. Uh, the graphics or, 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 or the amount of, let's say, code. It's about creating an experience. And with free-to-play and in this free distribution uh, and the new, I mean, if you look at the, the YouTubers or the Twitch, Twitch folks, uh, you don't even need that marketing budget that, that you had have, have had to have in the past. 
You need to be creative. You need to entertain your uh, your users. Uh, and uh, SOZAP, as um, I, I do, I think we've proven that we are capable of doing that as we created Armed Heist uh, with very little resources. We're now live opening Armed Heist, and uh, at the same time, we are uh, discussing and uh, soon starting pre production of our next shooter that's going to be cross platform. And I do want to, uh, as a CEO, I do want to build a company that people want to come into the office. We say office, I say the hub uh, or, or the campfire. And I do want to build products that that outlast us, that uh, IPs and, and games that 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 will that will be here when we're not. Uh, so, uh, if you want to make great games, if you want to be part of of uh, building this great studio even greater, uh, you're welcome to contact us directly. Uh, we're still looking for passionate developers, artists, game game developers. Much welcome. Uh, and thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. Of course, right. So like when I, I, I'm serious, man, when I look towards the future, what the game should can't be, I look towards you guys. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be the small teams. Most likely it's going to start with mobile, like even with PUBG and all this stuff. Like I, I think a lot of those ideas, again, came from mobile, uh, connecting everyone uh, and doing it free to play and stuff. Right. Uh, so I'm looking towards so zap to kind of like, what is the next five years? And I'm very excited to see you guys' future and, and, and be, be that guy. Like, I talked to them like five years ago. <laughs> Look at where he is now type of thing. So super exciting, man. I thank you for coming on. And as always, man, super appreciate it. Thank you, man. We'll, uh, we'll have a, what's it called? Catch up. Yeah, of course. Catch up soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail future, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody